We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm happy. I'm, I'm getting a little respect, but you know, I still got work to do. One of the defensive coaches came up to me and it kind of made me mad that he was like, you know, I was, I was in Detroit with Megatron, but you're not there yet. You know, in my mind, I'm not trying to be Megatron, I'm trying to be me. So, you know, I had, had a little chip on my shoulder the whole game. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugard. Here's my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both. Where? On the Tweet Machine. You guys know what time it is. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. The voice you heard to open the show, well, at least before mine, was none other than DeKalen Metcalf, uh, talking about perhaps one of the one of the more revealing moments of his career, DK's, I can think of, uh, because Chris, now we know that the quote was taken out of context uh, by DK. Um, and I think most journalists probably could have, have predicted that, or anyone who's worked with Jim Schwartz, the Eagles defensive coordinator. They realize he ain't about to just walk up to DK and be like, hey man, you suck. Cause that's, but that's all DK heard. It was like the, uh, you know, DK tweeted it, but it's like the Last Dance documentary where somebody can say, hey, Michael Jordan. How you doing today, brother? I'm like, how dare you ask me how I'm doing? You should know how I'm doing. Now I'm gonna give you forty. It's like, what, bro? Ask you <laughs> That's how a you question. Because <laughs> I think the full context of that, and I think uh, someone reported it last night, is that the Eagles' defensive coordinator before the Seahawks. You guys know what happened. Seahawks won. We are. If you're listening to this show, you know what happened. Anyway, the the full context of it is, according to Jim Schwartz, is that they were having a conversation, and he's like, "Man, you're, you're a good player." You know, I was in Detroit with Megatron. Like, you're not on that level yet, but you're on your way, kid. And then that was that. And then, of course, all DK heard was, you telling me I ain't good enough? You telling me I ain't Megatron? Oh, I'm going to show you. And then just hit him with, the, with the, what did he hit? A 10 for 170? 10 for 177. Gross. Pretty sure that is a career high for, for DK. Is that not? It's got to be. Uh, Yeah. He had one, oh my God. He had 161 against the Niners. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that 177, excuse me, is a career high. So, before we get into it, I do want to get some fun reaction. We I didn't get to ask a bunch of people about it because DK's, the order of the Zooms, just didn't get to. The only person we really got to ask uh, about 
it was when I asked Quandre, I was like, hey, man, your man's Jim Schwartz over there says, uh, DK Megatron, what's up with them uh, trying your boy like that? Here's what Quandre had to say. I mean, if I was a D coordinator, I wouldn't say that. You know what I mean? I just think for him, he poked the bear, and then Slay had to go out there and, and, and end up having to deal with that bear. So, hey, it, it, Slay need to blame, blame his D coordinator for that. Quandre, who's a good friend of Darius Slay's, they boys, he is absolutely right there, Chris. He does. Darius Slay needs to text Coach. Coach, what's up? Are we beefing? Talk to me. Let's talk like men. Why would you do that to me? Because, Chris... I had high hopes for Darius Slay. I think he's a top 10 corner in this league. You probably have to count him out. But I, top 10? Yeah. Around, yeah. He's definitely in the discussion. For yeah, sure. Yeah. He's in there. He's, he's, he's a corner. I'd feel comfortable like, hey, man, I need you to do what you can on 14. All right, coach, got it. Boy, did that coach set him up for failure. Oh, my goodness. I think the next-gen stats say that uh, DK had, what, 141 yards on Darius Slay today. Matched him up on all but, like, one route. You want to talk about some barbecue chicken, and that ain't even slave fault. Like like Quandre said, coach didn't put, coaches are supposed to put their players in a position to succeed. You do not poke a bear like DK. For no, if no other reason, Chris, we've seen that just doesn't work with him. He's upstairs. He's built mentally. Like if you do that, it's gonna work negatively for you more often than it is for DK. Like this is a day where he dropped another touchdown and still had a career high. Good. Jim Schwartz, he got hit with the LeBradford Smith. He he is the new he he got hit with the LeBradford Smith. And if you guys if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because that's the name of the cat from the last dance. Summarize this. But basically, a man said to Michael Jordan, uh, something to the effect of, Good game, Mike. And Michael Jordan was like, Hold on, timeout. So played him the next day and just gave him buckets. Just just gave him buckets because Michael Jordan was like, How dare you tell me good game? Which was it's a very weird thing to be offended about. Chris come to find out, the Bradford ain't saying nothing like that to that man. Michael Jordan made it up in his head, and then gave him buckets after. So now, Jim Schwartz, it sucks because Chris, if if we listen to what Jim Schwartz really said, it ain't no diss. But DK took it as a diss, and then he hung one seventy seven on your team. That's just the the state that DK's in right now. He is truly fixated on being one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And he's going to take any comment, whether it be a player or a coach, any comment that he feels he is slighted, he wants to prove you wrong. And when you guys hear the quote and read it, it wasn't a slight. It was actually a, a great gesture. It's a great compliment. And But DK, he wanted motivation, and he got it. And he went out and showed him, oh, I'm on Megatron's level? Oh, okay, I just gave you guys 10 for 177 on what? 12 targets, 13 Thir- targets. 13 targets. Talk to me about Megatron now. Oh, my goodness. And the cool thing is it's only his second year, and he's, mentally he's he's playing as if he's been in the league for five or six seasons, right? That's the type of attitude he comes with night in and night out. And it's going to be tough for teams to try to slow him down. I I was shocked that he did what he did against D-Slay, as you put it. I mean, he's definitely one of the top corners in the league. But physically, I think DK just wears you down. Whether it, be your, whether it be run blocking, he's physical with you. And how many times do you want to go up against a guy that's going to shove you and he he's stronger than you, he's bigger than you? I mean, at what point do you realize, is he coming at me to block me or is he kind of coming at me to do a route? I mean, that has to go through their mind sometimes as he's running full speed at you. He could either be coming to lay you down on the block, and if you're not ready, you're flat. You're flat. 
And then if he's doing a route, you're really in trouble because you're assuming he's about to put hands on you and he just runs right by yeah, you. Yeah, burns you. There's a lot of things going on in your head. With Ty Lockett, if he's running at you full speed and you're a six-foot corner, you're like, well, he's not about to blow me up, so I'm going to take this. And he probably ain't going to say nothing to you. Yeah, Tyler Lockett, a, he's a different species. He's yeah. out there. He goes out there and plays the game, doesn't do no talking. He'll Silent just, killer. He'll just smile at you and throw the ball to the ref. I, I, I think that's the most I've seen Ty Lockett do. But with DK, he'll take out the binky and, you know, talk to you. I'm sure they're talking <laughs> trash in there, for sure. We know DK. He's, he's mic'd up talking trash. Yeah. So so DK wants to be great, right? And that's something we talked about on the show, ad nauseum. Great dude. Uh, he wants to be the best. And so... There's only off the top of my head. I'm sure people are going to remind us of, of of a ton of people like this now after we bring it up. But there's like three people who I can think of who would just manifest um, bulletin board material like that, like just hear what they want to hear, or just like pretend that a slight existed to fire them up. And one is Michael Jordan. We know he's he's a psychopath in that way. You tell Michael Jordan, "Hey man, uh, it's nice to see you." What? Forty. <laughs> it's like <laughs> hold on, uh, Kobe Bryant. It's kind of like a, a bit of a, you know, rest in peace, psycho uh, in, in that way. It's just like anything can be a slight to him. Like it just, I can't think of a concrete example off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure Kobe's wired that way too. And the other is Richard Sherman. Uh, Richard Sherman is definitely, I mean, he did it with Crabtree for sure. Although there was some more history in that uh, Aaron Andrews blow up than, than uh, I think Matt Barrows talked about that on our Niners episode, how there was a little background on why Sherm blew up like that because he hated Crabtree. But the better example was, remember when um, the handshake thing against the Browns on Monday night, I think oh, it was last year, yeah. where he, he Baker shakes Sherm's hand. Sherm, just in Sherm's mind, was just like, did he just not shake my hand? About to get a pick. It was just like, after the game, he was like, yeah, he didn't shake our hand. That's disrespect. Baker's like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm on tape shaking your hand, fool. What's wrong <laughs> with you? And everybody's like, yeah, no, nah, Sherm's nuts. Because um, he is. But, you know what? You know that all three of those people have in common? They're some of the best to ever do it at their position. Yes. And and with the case of Michael Jordan, one of the best ever in any sport. So if hey, if DK wants to be great, as crazy as it sounds, this is probably like I said, it's probably the most revealing part of who he is as a dude, that he's one of those make up the slights type of guys. Cause I think Chris those guys are freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to be a little insane to to do that, but that goes that goes to his credit. I mean, maybe I don't know if, he, if you guys have asked him about who he's looked up athletes wise. Is Michael Jordan one of them? Is Kobe? Because I think, based on what we've seen, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, oh yeah, I love what Kobe and MJ brought to the game, their mentality. Or there might be some in the NFL that he thought has that same mentality. Where did you just slight me? I'm gonna go out here and throw for three fifty. What's interesting, what I'd love to sit down and talk to, obviously can't talk to Kobe about it, again, RIP. I can't talk to him. I probably won't talk to Michael Jordan about it, but I would love to now. And I'm going to ask Sherman about this if I ever get a chance to talk to him again. Are they aware that they're doing this? Because Sherm... I would say no. I've got to read the quotes again. I'm pretty sure when Sherm was pressed about it later, he basically didn't admit to being nuts in that way. And I don't think Michael Jordan, like when I watched The Last Dance, I was like... He doesn't realize he's nuts. Like he, in his mind, LeBradford did say like, yeah, good game to him in a way. Because I think LeBradford had had a good game when Mike did not. Yeah, I think he had maybe twenty five points yeah. or something. Yeah, and then so and I think they ended up playing the next night. So it was a terrible it might have been playoff series. No, I think was, was it? It might have. It might have been. I could be wrong. I just know they played them right away. Yep. Again after that, um, and I think in Mike's mind, that is how it went, and that was the intent by LeBradford. It was right? almost to the story of KG. And J.R. Ryder, when J.R. is a rookie in the league and J.R. is giving MJ buckets and KG's just like, keep giving it to him. 
yeah, do your thing. And ultimately, he didn't realize, hey, young fella, KG, you got to calm down. Like, I, I've been in the league for a minute. Don't talk to MJ. And, you know, they're down the, – I think he's playing with the Bulls at the time. They're down 25 and MJ. He's just looking at him, nodding his head like, okay. KG want to talk mess and tell JR to keep busting my ass? All right. Yep. Next thing you know – MJ goes on a run. They end up losing the game, right? Yeah, the M- Wolves do, yeah. Oh, MJ just decided, oh, you, you you telling, oh, young fella to keep busting my ass? Okay, all right. We're going to see about this in the fourth quarter. And MJ goes into tear, and mentally, if you ask MJ about it, he was like, yeah, I felt disrespected. But it was just, hey, you know what? Kevin Garnett's giving, you know, love to his teammate for playing well. And MJ's like, nah, there is no love. What, see, in, <laughs> oh, there is a Kobe example. I think it's against the Nuggets. I have can't remember the play off the top of my head. But yes, but at least in the KG example, there is some talk there is. being had. Whereas in, in DK's case, it was just like, hey, man, you know, you're a really good player, man. One of the You remind me of one of the best players I've ever coached. You're not at that level yet, but you're on your way. How dare you? What, man? No, that's hey. nuts. But no, I good think for DK. The, yeah, the only people I know who have ever been built that way are some of the greats. Those yeah. are three Hall of Fame dudes. Sherm's not in yet, but he's in the moment he is done. Like, Sherm, Sherm's in. Um, so... I think DK's a little nuts, but that's okay. As long as you can back it up, too. What you can't do is go out there and be like, all right, yep, bet, and then, like, have one catch. But I don't think that's that's going to happen, especially not against – well, the Eagles' secondary is bad, but Slay's actually decent. Man, for him to barbecue, that's probably the worst game Slay's ever had. It problem. is. They put it on the screen. Oh, this is the most yards he's given up all <laughs> season, and it just happened to be against DK. And Poor Darius. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much you can do. As I pointed out, he was able to – he was physical with him from the jump. Oh, and when you're physical man. with an undersized corner, you got a lot going on in your mind. Like, what's this guy going to do next? I mean, to start the game off, he was running quick slants. Boom, boom, bang, bang. Can't and really stop DK at no yeah, slant. I mean, he's bigger than you, so if he gets in front of your face, you, you're going to have to tackle because you're not going to be able to get your hand on the ball. He's just too big. You have to hope that he drops it, which ultimately he did drop a touchdown. But outside of that, DK is really starting to figure out his game and what he's capable of doing. Because there's not a lot of corners in the NFL that are going to match his size. You only got Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman. Those are two prototype corners. And Sherman I, doesn't even really have the strength. He doesn't really. have the strength. He, but has, he has the, the length. He has the and length. He's yeah. quick and he's intelligent. Yeah. And that's what separates him from a a Peterson who was pretty long, but he's not as lanky and quick as Sherman is. And he's, I put Sherman, Jalen in that category where mentally they're right there with DK. They're not going to back down. They know what he's capable of doing. I mean, we saw what happened. The first matchup with the Rams. I'm interested to see what happens in week, what is it, 16 again with, yeah, the, yeah. with Sherman 16, back? 16, yeah, yeah. Will Sherman match up with them all night? Oh, no, you're talking about against the... Uh, against the Niners. Oh, uh, 17. That's the finale, yeah. Yeah. I'm really interested to see how that's going to go and what, what they do with that. But mentally, DK's on... He's he's figuring things out. I think there's more respect there because they train in the offseason together. So I don't know oh, if it's going to be... Go. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be as, as, much, as much talk. But that was just... I, I, I learned a lot about DK today. Just but just post game more than just I, he's taking challenges. For, I mean, he was choking up Stephon Gilmore in week two. Like he really had his hands around that boy. <laughs> yeah, this is the third time that he's gotten into a little scuffle. Yeah, because t- people keep trying him, right? Which but is tonight. I would say he started it. You know, shoving. Yeah, I don't think he was necessarily not even starting it in the other games. I think he started it last time against the Arizona. What are you supposed to do? I mean, I think <laughs> I think Russ was asked about it after the game, and Russ was like, "I mean, they gotta try something." Yeah. No, I, I mean, I feel it. I just thought that was really funny that. 
we learned that thing about DK. That's my takeaway. It's not that Jim Schwartz said something stupid. It's that we learned that DK is one of those dudes. Yeah. What kind of dudes? Them psycho dudes. But it's a good way. Like, yeah. You know what? No, DK is going to take that as a slight. He ain't never going to come on the show now. God damn it. Sorry, <laughs> DK. I mean, it's, we'd love to have you DK, on, you're crazy and we love it. Yeah. This is, what, this, is what, this is how you become great. You become crazy and you make people pay for it. Because that's why I love that about Sherm, too, man. Because I think that's that chip. Because that's what the people who really have that chip on their shoulder. Like, that's such a cliche in sports. But when you over here making up stuff in your head, you really got the chip. Like, I believe that your chip is real. Like, now yeah, it's it's real deal. And the, the other funny part about it, Chris, is I may have to whisper this. Uh, Jim Schwartz wasn't wrong, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Megatron is just a different level of cat. Yeah. He just is. And... Even if so, even if it was meant to be as as Jim said it, like I was in Detroit with Megatron, you not there yet. That's not wrong. No, he not. Problem is, you just can't say that to that dude when your secondary is trash. <laughs> when you only have one guy that can that's capable of even stopping him, and he doesn't do it. And last time he played you, he gave you a buck sixty one <laughs> in that's the playoffs true. and, and a, a touch, and then threw up the deuces after he caught the the, oh, yeah. the game third, clincher, third and long, yeah, throw it up to DK and sent y'all home. Like you just can't. It's just it's it's funny on so many levels. My favorite part about it is we we learned that DK is one of them dudes, which basically means he's probably gonna be one of the greats because again the the commonality with all of those three dudes is that they're the some of the best to ever do it at their at their job. Before we move on to the defense, do you think DK will eclipse 300 yards in his career? Um that's a good question. DK does struggle with drops in a way that I don't know. His concentration would have to be really good in that in that particular game. I'm not I'm not sure. He's he's capable of it, but I don't I don't think 300. He's probably not doing 300. Cuz the other it's not even that he's incapable. I just don't think the um the defense will be bad enough that they'll need to throw in a way that will get him 300. You know what I mean? Like if once he gets to 220, the game is probably over. Just like Tyreek Hill in the game, uh, 200 in the first. He had 200 quarter. in the first quarter, and they were up like 17 nothing. <laughs> right? Like the game ended up being like relatively close later. But I think if DK was at like, what, uh, did did they win that game that Julio had 300? I gotta remember. It was against the Panthers. I do know that. But like I, I just don't think if he if he gets when he gets to like two hundred the, the game's probably over by that point like they're they're killing him so I don't think so but it wouldn't totally shock me yeah that would he you gotta catch the ball a little better that's the only thing about DK it's like he can run every route physical good mentally he has like six drops on the year though he's like six drops in eleven games that's uh, not good no no that's he's and he's dropping touchdowns so that's he knows that though he's he's got to fix that but you know what is good. What's that? Seahawks defense figuring it out. I know they did it against a bad Eagles team, but that's what everyone expected. You want to see this. This is this is a good sign. How many sacks they have today? They Five, had six. They had six today. Six today. That's and their second game with it with six with sacks six or more. Yeah, and I I'm pretty sure. I want to say Jamal Adams and KJ combined for a sack. I saw KJ get there first. I think Dunlap and somebody combined for a sack. And it's really weird how they do that, but I wrote it down. Uh, let's see. Well, what I'm about to look up is where they rank in sacks since like that um, that Arizona game where they had zero QB hits. Because like oh, these, ever since then they've bounced back. These dudes are tearing it up. Yeah. Man. So Carlos had a sack. Puna, Jamal had one sack, and then Jamal and KJ had a sack, and then Benson Mayoa had a sack. Yeah. The the Seahawks are now tied for seventh. Oh, and Rasheem Green. My bad. I'm forgetting Rasheem. He had his. Had a sack today, first sack of the season. Shout out to him. 
yeah, he's only played what like three games or something. Yeah, like good for him. I mean, Carlos is Carlos's presence is making everyone better. Like I think that is very clear, and anyone denying that fact is freaking tripping. But yeah, now the Seahawks are tied for seventh in sacks. All right, and I'm gonna look it up here. Let me put this uh, filters on. Go here. through since weeks. Was week seven they lost to the Cardinals? So I'm gonna go yeah. weeks eight through. And the Steelers haven't played yet. Steelers lead the league. So this these numbers don't change. <laughs> these numbers don't include the Steelers and the Ravens, who obviously don't play, and they may never play because everyone's got COVID on both of those teams. Since they had zero sacks uh, and zero, zero QB hits, hits against uh-huh. the Cardinals in week seven, the Seahawks now, since then, they lead the league in sacks with 22. 22 in the week eight, week nine, week ten, eleven, twelve, five weeks. Crazy. What a turnaround. Uh, yeah. Carlos Dunlap, who the Bengals gave up on, and what Jamal Adams is able to do, just creating pressure and guys getting to the quarterback. And one of those games is Bobby just destroying Jimmy G. I think they yes. had three sacks in that game, two of them being Bobby. So, like, yeah, since that Cardinals game, they were just like, huh, let's just start rushing the pass. And it was like, cool. Um, and, and they've turned it around. So, yeah, they lead the league in sacks. Uh, since then, and I don't think, yeah, the Steelers only have 12, so unless they destroy RG3 on Wednesday night, they will pro- they probably won't catch the Seahawks, so I wouldn't put it past them. Possibility. T.J. Watt and all them guys? Yeah, yeah. T.J. Watt's the best pass rusher in the league, by the way, him and uh, him and Aaron Donald. But yeah, man, I, I wrote about this before the game. The Seahawks defense, they, I knew they was going to wreck these next few opponents. Like, I'm very confident they're going to destroy Colt McCoy, whoever the hell started for the Jets. They, mm, Alex Smith... They probably shouldn't play him in that game just because he might just get hurt again. Like, it's scary. He he might. Like, Jay Reed just might land on this guy and just kill him. It might be bad. But my point is that I, I don't think that, oh, it's the Eagles applies here because, for the most part, they were good against the Rams. Like, okay. yeah, they had, one, they, had a, they had a bad first half, a really good second half. So it's, like, overall a, a decent day. Like, 23 points is, is, like, at the end of the day, you hold a team of 23 points in the NFL, you're probably going to win. I would say, I would counter and say they didn't play down. Because usually against these weak teams, last year we saw it, they played down defensively to their opponent. And that ends up being, oh, the Eagles score first 7-0 and the offense starts slow and now you're in a hole. They didn't, the Seahawks defense didn't do that. Seahawks defense was like, you guys have one yard. Yeah, you you suck and we're going to treat you like you suck. Exactly. So I'm not sliding the Seahawks and saying, oh, they should do this. And they're playing as a weak team. They really showed up and was like, we don't care who you are. We're going to continue doing what we do best, which is getting out the quarterback, creating pressure, and again, you've had three drives and you have minus one yards. Let's yeah, go. That and that's how it should look. Like regardless of the opponent, like teammate, teammate getting any yards, like literally zero. <laughs> that means you're doing you're doing your job. So I think that it's not just that. Oh, they play Philly and Philly stinks. Philly does stink. Carson Wentz, that ship has sailed. Like the I, worst quarterback. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, if I'm, uh, what's their coach's Doug name? Doug Peterson. I'm Doug Peterson. Like. I'm done with this. Like, we paid you a lot, but you suck. This is not like it's not even. Well, it is that you suck, but it's just like, dude, you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You're, you're making me angry when I watch. It's like if I'm an Eagles fan, it's like nobody's open. <laughs> Throw it, man, please. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really really bad, and their O line is bad too. Like to Carson's, to be fair to Carson, but I would just put I put Jalen out there and see if he's better because if Jalen stinks too, because he could. To be fair, if Jalen stinks too, you gotta draft somebody. Yeah, like you're not gonna win the division like this. You're probably gonna get a top ten pick. So draft if you need to know if you need to draft that kid from BYU who's slinging it. I draft the kid from Ohio State who's slinging it. There's that kid from North Dakota State, I think, who's slinging it. I think it's like Trey Lance or something. Whoever's slinging it, get him. Yeah, you need to at least go look at him. You need to know if you're in the market. Because your whole offseason is different if you enter it looking for a quarterback or not. Like, everything changes. So, yeah, they got to do that. But back to the back to the defense, man. The, the sample size is getting there with the personnel that they have. Like, I still, honestly, Chris, look at it this way. They still haven't, they've played one game with the secondary they thought they were going to have this year. One. Crazy. One. It is about to be week 13. They've played one game, and they're putting up the numbers that I think that they were looking at. Like, look at all the dudes who are all of a sudden getting to the quarterback now that Carlos is there. Jay Reed's getting there every week. Puna's starting to get there Collier. now. Yeah, LJ's, now LJ's a thing now. Remember, I think there was, it was, what show was it, like three weeks ago, where I was like, man, I never really watch a game. And be like, ah, oh, LJ played Two well. Two weeks ago. And then, um... Ever since I said that, I've watched two games and I'm like, oh, LJ played well. <laughs> you know, it's, I think that's the Carlos effect. I think it's Carlos and Jamal. Yeah, I, I hit on it last week about just him creating pressure. And if teams are going to double Carlos because he is such a presence in the backfield, that opens up one-on-one matchups that you can you would hope that an LJ Collier or Benson Mayoa, they'll win those, those battles of Rasheem Green. And when that ultimately happens, you get what you saw on Monday night where the Seahawks have six sacks and it's spread around. It's not one guy with four and, you know, another guy, which is – that's great. I mean, that is great. If, if one dude get four. Yeah, I mean, that's that's perfect. But it was spread out evenly throughout the defense, and that's really dope to see. Because here's how – I was explaining this to – I mean, at, by the time the show comes out, you guys will notice that I was watching the game at um, the military base uh, about 40 miles south of Seattle. Really fun experience. But I was explaining to one of the guys how important it is to have a pass rusher who – commands double teams because think about it a four-man rush you're going against for the most part five offensive linemen so you're outnumbered right but 
if two of those linemen have to take one of your guys, well, then you got three on three yep. the rest of the way. So as long as someone can win a one-on-one, you're getting pressure. Jay Reed can win a one-on-one. He's not winning a two-on-one. Puna can win a one-on-one. He's not winning a two-on-one. LJ, Rasheem, all of these dudes can win a one-on-one. They're probably not doing the other way around, though. And they're also not commanding double teams like that. So Carlos just helps everyone. Uh, I predicted, I got two of my predictions right. Uh, in my pre my preview, I was like, um, I expect a big game from Jay Reed, who got in the backfield again. And then I think I think I said the X factor will be DK. Got that right, Jesus Christ. Um, and I, it's it's what having on defense. It's just what having those good players uh, does for you. Because then you add Jamal to that. So if you got a four man rush, and then you got Jamal as your fifth guy on a blitz. Well, they need to keep a tight end in there, or they need to have a running back uh, block him, which is stupid because Jamal's going to run through your running back. But whatever, that's how it goes. Then you're basically still playing three on three with the other three guys. Vince Mayo is going to win that. Jay Reed can win that. Carlos just changes everything. That's why Pete Carroll is like, dude, what took you so freaking long to get you a pass rusher? Why do you have to wait till a week? What week did they get him? They traded for him in like week eight because he didn't play till week nine. It's like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Why did it take you this long to say what everyone else has been seeing? You need one dude who gets the double teams and it makes the whole thing work. What do you know? They get one dude who gets the double teams. It makes everything work. Now I think they're going to be like really, really, really freaking good. The rest of the way, like they're who's the worst dude in their base defense, Trey? Like if he's your eleventh dude, that's not bad. I know everyone hates Trey, uh, but I don't hate Trey. I think Trey's solid. Um, but if think about it, if Trey's your eleventh dude, or if it's Jordan Books, I don't. I'm nitpicking. But if you're eleventh dude, it's Trey Flowers. That's a that's a decent defense. Like I believe in this defense, not just because of this game. Is because they had Kyler Murray out there. He was so off his game. It was asking him if his shoulder hurt. <laughs> Uh, Jared Goff finally looked like crappy Jared Goff in the second half. Like, they've figured something out. And I think the thing they've figured out is let's put our good players on the field and yeah. keep them healthy, and then we'll start kicking the crap out of other teams' quarterbacks. And now this creates turnover for the defense. Now they can attack the ball. They can gamble a little more because, A, the quarterback's not comfortable. We saw through the first few weeks of the season, I always hit on the fact that there's no pressure back there. I mean, geez. We saw Matt Ryan in week one. My man threw for damn near 500 yards. Three receivers go over 100. There was no pass rush. They have time to get down open field. Shaquille can only cover for so long. But now it's getting to the point where, okay, one-on-one. Pressure's getting there. You're going to test me? As Shaquille said in his post-game conference after the game, I knew they were going to test me with my hamstring. I don't blame him for it, but I was ready. And he was able to make plays on it. Now let's say they had time. Let's say the O-line was blocking well and there is no Carlos Dunlap. We'll probably be talking about the same situation of pass rush not creating anything and DBs are out left to dry. But now that there's time, there's not a lot of time in the pocket, Wentz has to get the ball out quick. We saw what happened, miscommunication, quantitative interception, and this is going to be, I think, more of a thing as the season progresses that we get ready for the postseason. And if they can continue this of getting after the quarterback and putting pressure on the quarterbacks, I don't think they're going to face too many more mobile guys outside of what? Daniel Jones is pretty mobile if they play if they, him. That's what I, was say. I don't know if they'll play Daniel Jones. He's legit think. mobile. He don't. He, I mean, he might fall on his face <laughs> running. But he can run. Yeah, he's he's but pretty mobile. That, you don't face Kyler Murray again unless you see him in the postseason. I really don't think Jerry's going to run much. Uh, I don't think Alex, Alex Smith might no. run a little bit. He is mobile. He I just is. don't know if he's mobile I, off that leg. I, yeah, I don't think he'll be running a lot. He shouldn't. 
Yes. Right now you're looking at if they can put pressure on these quarterbacks, there's nowhere there from them for them to go. It's either throw it in, throw it out of bounds, which mentally I don't think these guys are going to try to do that. They're going to try to force it downfield, make the receivers make a play. And ultimately, you talked about the cornerbacks. And if Trey's your worst guy out there, your 11th man, that's not a bad thing. Trey can go out there and make a play. He can get interceptions. Shaq can make a play. He can get interceptions. Jamal Adams. You name it, Quandre Diggs, these guys can make plays. They just have to have a pass rush to assist them. It's a it's a yin and yang. Yeah, no, it all has to work. It has to work together. And the the other crazy part is when I look at the defense, they would have one turnover uh today. That was it. Yeah, they just had yeah. to, they just had the pick. They're not really because they were really turnover reliant uh to start the season. Be, right? <laughs> uh yeah, because they were just giving up so many yards. They had to you rely on to turnovers stop. to stop yeah. teams. And they're not even really doing that anymore like after that Arizona game I think they had two turnovers they collared through a pick and and D-Hop fumbled that was it so they had two since then they really aren't like they they got to Jimmy G because Jimmy G is just bad um but Jared got or excuse me What's his name in Buffalo? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Seven sacks, no, no turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. Uh, even Jared Goff just had the one uh, turnover. Kyler Murray, as great as the defense was, didn't have uh, any turnovers in round two of the uh, game. And Carson just had the one, which is low for Carson. Yeah. That was, that's, that's pretty low. <laughs> we took but, the, he took the under on that, didn't he? He sure uh, did. Uh, I think Bo took the under. Bo did, I think yeah. I took the over because I had no faith in the boy. Um, <laughs> but even then, you sack him six times and he just has the one, doesn't fumble at all. That's going to change. If you hit the quarterbacks at these high rates, they pop. will, and their clock's going to speed up, and they will make mistakes, and it's going to come in a flurry. One of these games is going to have like five. Hell, maybe the Jets game or the Giants game. If you just hit <laughs> dudes, Alex Smith, it could shoot. It could be Goff. Goff's capable of turning over five times. Yeah. Um, that's the even. If I'm Pete and I look at the numbers, I'm like, that's really what's going to change here. Is our defense is going to keep hitting the quarterback, and they're going to start screwing up. And they're they're looking good without that, because we were what, uh, what game was that? Was that after the Dallas game? We were just like they can't keep winning like this. Pretty yes, sure that's exactly that game. Yeah, can't because they couldn't. They were they weren't forcing punts and they were relying on turnovers. Now they're forcing punts and they're not relying on. They're doing the exact opposite, and that's why I feel better. And because it's multiple games of doing it. If you're just getting a bunch of turnovers every week and giving up 400 plus, yeah, turnovers are random, right? Fumble recoveries are very random. Look at the way the ball is shaped. That bounces one way, you get it. Bounces another way, the other team gets it, right? Like that's just how it goes. Um, batted passes are very oh, random. KJ had a good one today. Like even just look at the um, the hail mary they had, right? Like usually if a ball gets batted like that, the other team Incomplete. catches it. Yeah, Instead, or, yeah. it's a touchdown, right? Like batted passes are so random in that way. Last year, Russ had a batted ball that Russ batted. To the other team, For a and the other team scored. <laughs> that's so random. That's why you can't rely on turnovers. Like I understand Pete preaches it, and that's good. You should. Those are important things to emphasize in your program. But you can't be reliant on those things. Now they're just reliant on knocking the hell out of the other team's quarterback. Yeah, I like it. This I can believe in this this defense, even though this stretch is not like a bunch of great quarterbacks. But it's it's the fact that they've done it against some guy, the type of guys that they they'll see. Uh, in the postseason, especially just up front, like Buffalo is a playoff team, and they got to their quarterback. They did, and they got work. They got hit with some short fields against that. Like Russ was turning it over, putting them in some bad spots. Like one of those turnovers, um, Russ brought it back to like the two. Right, like what's the defense supposed to do with that? They're on a two. They're gonna score. Right, that's just kind of how it works. They still would have given up thirty-seven points in that scenario. But I mean, even Russ fumbled it in the red zone, or put Buffalo in the red zone. They got put in some bad spots. I really don't think. This defense is like, oh, they beat a bad team today. Nah, man. 
They plucked Quentin Dunbar off of that bad leg, put a healthy dude in, and they've been fine since. I think they're going to be good. Get ready to go to Tampa. I would love I don't, it. I don't know if we can speak that too soon. <laughs> Not well, yet. They got to get tired of the ball a little more <laughs> before, I, before I say that. Well, let's get the Twitter questions, man, because we got a bunch to get through. We want to thank everyone out there for taking the time to ask questions. We appreciate all the love and support. You ready, Mike? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's get rolling here. Here we go. The first one. Is it good or bad to care if an opposing offense scores a meaningless touchdown to make the game seem closer than it was in a win? Does it mean the defense stopped caring? Uh, no, that's because you're talking about the Hail Mary, right? Yes, sir. That's that's random. I mean, the only reason you should freak out about that is if you had Seahawks covering six and a half. Because oh. that's, a, that's a bad beat, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't watched the Scott Van Pelt um, segment of it. It's the best segment on TV, by the way. It's, it's his bad beat segment. I haven't watched it, but that was so beautiful. Like, as someone who's into gambling, I was like, oh, my God. That is such a bad, bad beat. And then they got the two-point conversion, too. Oh, it was so brutal. One of my homies texted me that he got a... Uh, Seahawks at minus five and a half, so they still covered with them. That's great. Lucky. Uh, yeah, that was that. Was, he's a degenerate, but nah, I wouldn't care about. It. It's a hell mary too. It's not like they just like embarrassed them. Again, it's a tipped ball that goes to. They easily yeah. could have went to KJ like on a catch. Who who cares? Getting in late. This was far from even a decent game. Outside of any team from the NFC East, Jets and Jags, the Hawks probably don't win this game. It's December and it's go time. What are three keys to locking up the West, getting the number one seed, and then advancing to what you just mentioned, the Super Bowl? Keep killing it. I really don't think it's weird, and I mentioned this to Jamal um, in the post game. It's very strange that when the offense doesn't play like well, it's an ugly game. There are two sides to the ball. Like no one called the Cowboys game ugly, right? Because the offense put up thirty-eight points. It's like, well, you gave up thirty-one. Is that not ugly? So. Um, that's not to say this was a complete performance, uh, but they just had one against Arizona. Every game is different. The execution matters. You never, I mean, they had some really bad fourth down designs. Actually, I don't think the second fourth down design was bad, to be fair. I think they just got shut down. Well, Tyler just, that was the, I don't know what Low that kick. was. I'd have to go back and watch and see if it was within five yards, but my, my guy was tugging and holding. Well, they, been a it, it, was, it was real close because they tried to do a rub route, and they tried to just do yeah. it right off the line, and it just didn't, didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, Tyler got locked up in the slot, which is pretty rare, by a guy who's not even that uh, good at covering, really. But, no, I, I, what are the three keys, he said? Yes. Um, find a way to get Tyler the ball. That's he, he just disappears in some games. It's really weird. But also, DK has a game. Has a, I think if you look at all the times that he's disappeared, I'd be willing to bet that DK had a really good game. True. But I, I think there's room for both of them to play well at the same time. Uh, probably is. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, that would be the one thing I would say uh, get some hands on some more passes. Um, they're still not, like I said, they're not getting a lot of turnovers, but I think those are going to come. And they're going to come and so, uh, watch. One of these games, they're just going to have like a, a ridiculous number. It's going to look like the other team is throwing the ball straight to them or there's popcorn on the football. Like, I am I really could feel that coming. You just don't get this type of pressure without that happening. Well, let's see. I need a third thing. Let's see. Keep going forward on fourth down. I liked both of those decisions uh, for real. No, I mean, stay healthy is one thing. Think about this. I know every, you guys all hate Trey Flowers. I think you're tripping, but that's fine. But consider this, that if Trey is your 11th dude, or let's say your 11th dude is Jordan Brooks, that is a very decent defense. That is. 
And I don't know when's the last time I've when's the last time Chris you watched the game like they lost because that twenty one can't cover. I think it was Green Bay last year. Yeah, it was last year. Like, I, I think I think they're fine. The health is honestly the biggest thing. If this eleven right here that was on the field today, and I'm not counting DJ Reed or Ugo, I'm just talking about your base defense. If this eleven right here is fine, and yeah, you keep Ugo healthy, that's fine. That's a defense that can get you where you need to be, as long as the offense uh, is a little bit more crisp and their best player catches touchdowns because he's had he's dropped two um, back-to-back weeks. You just can't do that. It was a crazy weekend for COVID in the league, and it's not over yet. What do you think the Seahawks are doing right? Is it Pete? Is it culture? Or just plain luck? That is a really good question that I wish I had a better answer for. Um, If I was in the locker room and stuff this year, uh, I'd probably have a really, really solid answer for that because I'd be able to see some things. I think it's a combination of everything. It's a little luck. Um, Because I'm sure these guys are doing some stuff that they shouldn't do. They're just not doing it and getting COVID. Like, I'm sure somebody has their mask down when they go to get groceries or you know like somebody's wife had their mask down when they went to go get groceries or whatever somebody celebrated a birthday party or you know whatever i'm sure somebody's not even something dumb like go to a party or something just little things you wouldn't even think about um you know shook shook the delivery guy's hand i'm not sure but i think they get a little lucky there um i'm sure the veterans there are emphasizing it for sure um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, uh, they can't officially do this, but you know, they have like rules, like, you know, like a swear jar, it's, it's, it's your parents crib or something like that. Some equivalent, like, Hey man, if you, you do some dumb stuff and come back with the Rona 50 G's or, you know, something like that, you know, unofficially again, they can't really do that stuff in the CBA, but probably some stuff like that. And overall, just like the culture is there. So if, if you're on defense and Bobby says, man, keep your dumbass in the house. Then you stay in the house. You know, if if you're on offense and Russ is like, hey, man, set an example. And if you get me sick, I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, honestly, you know what it probably is? They're like, if you give Russ the Rona, we're going to throw you in Lake Washington. That's <laughs> that's probably the, honestly, you see what happened to the Broncos? That is what I would tell anyone on the Seahawks. It's like, if you get number three sick, screw your own family. If you get number three sick, we will throw you in the freaking river. Like, that's that's probably what it is. Is there a rock attached to this person? Well, no, no, no. They knock him unconscious first, probably. Oh. Then, no. Bro, Russ is everything. Or an anchor. Where the, where the hell are they going to get an anchor from? Uh, it's Seahawks, man. We need an anchor. Gotcha. That's true. Pete, <laughs> Pete, Pete and Russ could call in a favor. But yeah, no. Nah, I think I think it's probably a combination of things. And if nothing else, yeah, they probably like, if you get, if you, like, hey, this is day one of training camp. If you bring the Rona to number three, we throw you in the river. Just like that. Or the lake, whatever. What happened to Will Disley? Seems like he's never targeted anymore. And my fantasy team would like to know the answer to that same damn question, man. God <laughs> damn it. I swapped out Will Disley. I swapped in Disley for Ebron because I didn't think the Pittsburghs. St- anyway, no one cares about my fantasy team. But, man, that's a good question. Another one I wish I had an answer to. I wish Pete would have texted me before the game. Jesus Christ. Um, No, that's inexcusable, though. I think that when the offense isn't moving the ball well, um, super well, at least score more points. They should score more. Um, They got to get Disley more involved, man. No targets? He has zero, right? Zilch. That's just, that's, Disley is a really good player, man. I don't even think it's the injury. He's there. He's fine. He's good. He's out there. Throw him the ball, man. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. That's a good question. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of that one. Who asked that? That was Kyle. Kyle Rancourt. All right. Oh, he asked a question before. I recognize that name. Yeah, no, Kyle, I'm going I'm to I'm dig into that because I don't, I don't understand how Disley can just be disappearing after playing like a top 10 tight end. When the Seahawks decide to go for it on fourth down, Inside the five, 
Were you surprised they went for it instead of taking a field goal that early in the game? Let's see. Was I surprised on which one? The second fourth down or the first one? First one. Uh, the first inside one. Five and it went forward. No, 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 no. Uh, inside the five, that makes sense. Um, even Pete, you just you just go for that. The second one, I was a little surprised, especially because Jason Myers hasn't hasn't missed all year. I'm pretty sure he hasn't yet. Um, I could easily see Pete kicking it and then getting asked about it post game and then being like, "Yeah, no, we, you know, we like J Mai. He hasn't missed all year. Which I was gonna knock it right through. Like I could I could see that being the reasoning. I would disagree with Pete, but. I could see him doing it. For him to just go for it twice after you failed the first time, man, that's that's what he should do. The play call on the first one's pretty bad, but I don't think the play call on the second one was bad. Again, that was just Tyler. It just didn't work. They played it well. Good play. That was it. Um, so I was surprised to answer your question, but I, I want to see more of that. You know me. You guys know me on this show, man. You ain't never supposed to kick that ball. You're supposed to get the ball, let Russ make a decision. If it's bad, whatever, trust your defense. Now is the time to trust the defense. I'm pretty sure they got to stop right after that, didn't they? Boom. There you go. But, yes, I was very surprised that Pete decided to go for it, especially after failing on fourth down um, and with a kicker who hasn't missed because Pete loves kicking. And if you got a kicker who ain't missed, I mean, in his head, that would make sense. But it seems like Pete's been playing more Madden. So, kudos to him. They haven't really put together a complete game on both sides of the football. What's this team still? Super Bowl, NFC Championship, Divisional Round? Uh, I thought the Cardinals game was pretty complete. No? Holding the 21. Offense scores 28. No turnovers on O. Uh, I, I, I disagree with that one. Um, But this one, yeah, the offense wasn't, like, super great. Still no turnovers, the one offense. They didn't turn it over, right? Russ didn't. No, no, no turnovers. So no turnovers on O. Defense forces one, six sacks. Hmm. Probably should have scored some more points, but I, I feel what you're saying. Uh, the ceiling is probably, man, it's really tough. They could get the one seed, but basically they need the Saints to drop one. And I don't really know if the Saints will drop one to an NFC team. And they need to run the table. So I think the ceiling right now, I mean, they could get hot in the in the. In January, so the ceiling legitimately is probably the Super Bowl, for sure. Um, did, did they ask about the floor too, or no? <laughs> nah. No. Okay. No. Um, I'm gonna answer anyway. The floor is probably lost in the wild card round. Like that's obviously bare minimum. But no, I think I think that is the ceiling. I just don't know how realistic um, that is. How oh, that's tough because the Rams is just such a bad matchup, and they're gonna have to probably they're gonna probably get in the two or the three seed so you're gonna have to beat the rams eventually i think that's the one team i'd be worried about them is the rams but we'll see in week 16 if they don't beat them in week 16 then the ceiling drops because then it's like you can't beat the rams and that's a problem how do y'all feel about the offense first half of season cooking with crisco exploding like a frozen turkey and deep fryer now it seems like the hawks are sputtering like a ford pinto what? Wait, am I missing something? Is the offense just been trash lately? I'm gonna check these numbers. The Arizona game was just fun. It, even when Russ turned it over four times against Buffalo, they put up 34, put up 37 in the in the win over San Fran, 34 in the loss to the Cardinals. The 16 against the Rams is pretty bad. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't. The offense is fine. I think this was this wasn't great. I gotta say, the real problem with the offense. Not gonna lie, the biggest problem is dropping touchdowns. That's like the biggest one. Like I said, DK's dropped two in the last two games. Psst. Hey, yo, 
DK, man. We need you to catch the ball in the end zone, G. That's the, that, I mean, that really is like the only like consistent thing that I can identify without like, you know, scrubbing through a bunch of film. It's like Russ is throwing it to the end zone. Cat ain't catching it. Yeah, Shotty's like, what the hell you want me to do? I mean, go over there, hand it to him. <laughs> yes, give, just jet sweep it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the best you could you, you could hope for. But no, I don't I don't think the offense is tripping uh, in that way. I do think Pete got in his own head with that fourth down call with the to Demo. You just don't you don't do that. That was bad. That was a bad call. But even then, it's like you march right down to the five. Was it the opening possession? I mean, I I think as long as you're getting down there. That's good. I think they still have like the second best red zone offense in the league or something like that. And maybe it'll drop after today, but that's still a top five red zone offense. I think it's overreaction Monday, man. I think uh, you guys are tripping a little bit here. With the Hyde-Carson split, you think they are just easing Carson up for the full workload, or will it be balanced going forward with e- with the easier schedule? Uh, that's That's a little tough. I think they usually do pitch counts with guys coming back in the games. I don't know if that was the case here. Fun fact, and not fun fact, but uh, Chad Morton, the running backs coach, is who controls the splits. It's not really Pete. So, I mean, it, it may, if Pete wants to divide it up, he could. But I think a two-back system is probably ideally what they want. The problem with like doing it with Chris and Rashad is they don't have the same running style. So you can't really just – they're not interchangeable. Whereas I know Chris is better than Carlos. Carlos will still run through somebody's face. Right, like Carlos is still nasty. Didn't he have a touchdown call back today? Yeah, he did. Yeah, like he he can get in there. So my guess is Carson gets. If you had to tell me who's going to get more carries the rest of the way, Chris Carson or Carlos, I'd probably go with Chris. It'd probably be more like a sixty forty thing and less of a seventy thirty thing. Because I do think now that Chris has been hurt every year he's been on the team, literally, I can see Chad Morton being like, "Yo, I'm not just gonna just." force it to you when we got another guy who can keep you fresh and we want to get you in the playoffs we'll keep you fresh russ improves the 6-0 all-time versus the eagles at what point is russ automatically declared the mayor of philly does russ seem like he is playing tentative and is dk the best wide receiver in the nfl right now that was a lot of questions uh the, the tentative one on russ is not nah, i really don't think so russ is really he, he's once he got out of that funk with the interceptions, I think he, he's fine. Like, he was fine against Arizona. I thought he was fine today. Didn't make any throws. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Again, your best player dropping touchdowns be a problem. I mean, even even one play, all the way back to week three, DK just throws the ball to the other team against the Cowboys. It's just like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Do you want me to win MVP or not? <laughs> he keeps saying Russ for MVP after every press conference. Like, dude, you got to catch the ball. <laughs> that would help. For Russ to, Russ to win MVP, that's three touchdowns that Russ doesn't have. And when Mahomes is out here putting himself in motion before the snap, Russ needs every touchdown he can freaking get because that's just uh, unfair. Shoot, Mahomes tried to catch a touchdown uh, the other day. That's how greedy that boy is. So the answer to the tentative one is no. What was the first one? Oh, uh, Russ is he's, he's the mayor of Philly already. I think so. Um, let's see. He's the mayor of Philly and another city that he's never lost to. Um, Minnesota, you think Yes, was? Russ has never lost to Minnesota, I'm pretty sure. That is crazy. He's played Minnesota a lot. Like, he, like even the Panthers found ways to beat Russ when they were playing him every week. The Packers have found ways to beat Russ. Minnesota and Philly are just like, nah. We, we, won't, even beat you. we won't even beat you in the playoffs. Nope. It's good. Uh, so, yeah, I think Russ is unofficially the mayor of Philly and the mayor of uh, Minneapolis, for sure. 
in that last part, DK the best receiver in the league? No, 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 no. I can't. I can't go there. I can't. Damn. See, we're just sliding DK up and down the damn show. I don't come back and have 200 yards. I just think you can't have that many that many drops and be the best. Like I said, six drops in 11 games. He knows that. That's the thing. Is like he knows you can't drop the ball like that. You just can't. You can't drop touchdowns in particular. That's the thing. You dropping the ball into the end zone. That's that's not good. Last Thursday, the ball hit him in the face. That is. <laughs> you, if you want to be the best, there's good receivers in this league. I don't think Megatron get hit in the face with the ball. I ain't seen Devonte Adams get hit in the face in the end zone. Devonte's got the crown right. Like if you want to just go this season, I'd probably go Devonte, D Hop, and uh, DK with Diggs and Tyreek Hill all right there with an honorable mention to Adam Thielen. Don't forget about my guy Keenan. He no, nah, he wouldn't be. In the, those dudes are all putting up crazy, crazy numbers. Is the Eagles D line good, or the Hawks line overrated? No, the Eagles D line is good. Like if you go look at the numbers, that's like the only unit that they have that is good. Like their front, like they had like four dudes with like four sacks, at least four that is. Uh, four dudes with double digit pressures. I think Brandon Graham came into this game with like, I want to say like eighteen. If like no, they they have dudes. It was like Barnett. Graham, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, and, and Graham. No, nah, I said Graham. It was like it was like a fourth dude, uh, Malik Jackson, maybe. Um, they had they had dudes. The moral of that story. So I wasn't surprised when Russ was and Russ only got sacked what twice. Um, but I, the answer to your question, no, their D line is solid. That's like the only good unit they have. Every Jim Schwartz said it went to them to fire them up. Go over there and tell Fletcher Cox he's a scrub <laughs> or something like that. Like that's the you, you need to be. Try to hype those dudes up to get to Russ a little bit more. Hey, Fletcher, I play a Warren Sapp. You're not quite there yet. You're really talented, though. Yeah, do something <laughs> something else. Because, like, you know, it's like, I had Indominus Sue. That's the best defensive tackle I've ever had, which might be. Sue was really great. Love the show, guys. Thanks for everything you do. I simply don't get the give up run plays on third and long. Help me understand. Is it being afraid of an interception? Have they really just given up? What gives? Um, let's see here. That's a good who asked that. That was from Andrew. Uh, that's a good question, Andrew. Um, I, I feel you. I, I think that's really the worst thing you could do. It's not like on third and fifteen. It's like let's just run a draw. It's like really, dude. In this league, it's an offensive-driven league. You're really better off just hucking it and hoping you get a pi. Or if you got to do like DK, just throw it up. The other thing is, run a receiver screen. Run a screen to your running back. You never really know what's gonna happen. You don't. They're too. They're way too afraid of like, I would drop back. You might get a pick. You might get a sack. Strip sack. Screw all that. Stop being scared. There's ways to run an actual play. I mean, most play calls would be like, oh, we don't have a bunch of stuff on the sheet for third and sixteen. Man, how much money you make? Put something on the sheet. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> dummy. <laughs> you, you got all week. It's like, hey, if it's third and sixteen, we're gonna run this. It's, if it's third and twelve or more. Here are our options. You don't need like four of them. You know, you're not gonna face a ton of those in the game. I just, I'm with, I'm with. Was that Andrew? Was yeah. I'm with you, Andrew. Man, that's just cowardly for no reason, no reason at all, to just be like, oh, let's just give up this play. No, that's dumb. Especially if you got a guy like DK. You throw it to him right away. See if you can run through 12 dudes and get a first down. He might. He might. Yeah. Run it to, give it to Chris Carson. I should not know he can run through 12 dudes. At least nine dudes. Chris and Dave actually have the same question, so we'll combine these two together. Basically, the scenario we saw with the Broncos, right, where they had to put a wide receiver at quarterback. Who steps up for the Seahawks in this scenario if Geno, Russell Wilson are not available to throw the rock? 
man that's i've been thinking about this i'm gonna ask pete on on tuesday um oh no he's only doing his radio show i'm gonna ask pete on wednesday don't let me forget this i'm going to ask that i bet he laughs before he answers it uh, that out there. Yeah, he will. He's he's laughed at me before. It's fine. No, it's not about you. It's just, he's just gonna be like, oh, that's a good question. I don't know, Mike. <laughs> no, they they would have a contingency plan there. Uh, I I want to say Tyler, just because he's the only person they've had to try and throw it in a game that isn't Russ under Shoddy. Um, now I know I know we're getting to mention that Jacob Hollister was a uh, was a QB in high school. I don't know. I mean, possibly. The the reason I also go with Tyler is, if you guys remember, I wrote a story about Tyler being like his own offensive coordinator. Like he, he draws up plays for them. I think he's one of the people who, because a part of it is knowing the offense. He's me on a Saturday. I love it. Uh, yeah. Now you're a good OC when you're out there playing flag. Um, so the thing about Tyler is, so I think that the Giants, uh, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm stammering. The Broncos. They had, I think, 20 to 30 plays available with that Kendall Hinton guy. That's a that's like 10% of what an NFL playbook looks like. If Tyler was out there, I mean, his limitations obviously make are an issue. You know, but can he throw? Yeah, can he throw? <laughs> but I'm sure you'd have at least like 30? I'd go like 60. Oh, wow, that's really good. Because if nothing else, in the game, Tyler's going to see something and then and make, and make something up. Yeah. Or something. He's that smart. Um, so that would be my guess. I couldn't imagine seeing Ty Lockett back there lifting his knee in shotgun, <laughs> asking for the snap. Bro, they gave the the Broncos had to start a practice squad receiver, bro. <laughs> On a day's notice, John Elway should fight Roger Goodell. Bro. My man went so one far. of twelve, I believe. One of nine with two oh, picks. One, Jesus, man, that is that's unfortunate. No, it was it it was bad. I think Tyler would probably do something similar for what it's worth. <laughs> I mean, bro, you know how hard it is to complete a pass, and he only he only knew thirty plays, and. Let's. Uh, we need to also note this. He. It's not like he's a receiver who's on the team, bro. He's, <laughs> he's a. He's a rookie who's on the practice squad. A rookie this year. Tyler's at least been in the league since what 2015, so he knows offense. He understands the speed of the game. He just don't know no defense. Like this dude wasn't even good <laughs> enough to make the team his own spot. And you want him to play quarterback? That's not a knock to Kendall. It's just putting it in perspective here. It's facts. Tyler made All Pro as a returner his first year. He understands the speed of the game. Yeah, Kendall after the game he was like they was like oh what's the biggest difference he was like linebackers is fast <laughs> I was like yeah man cause you don't play so how are you supposed to know that Tyler at least knows I don't have any other insight on that I would just like to see Tyler do it or Puna Ford that'd be fun well speaking of Puna Ford he has been playing lights out this season what are the prospects that Seattle has to re-sign him in the offseason he has to be a priority right uh, I wouldn't say priority cause it, the positional value um of a of a nose is not like super high but uh is, what is he a restricted free agent he's this would be his 30 i think could be a restricted free agent no they, they should definitely sign him i think you give him a, um a seventh round tender or whatever it is or whatever the there's three tenders like a first round tenders and an original round oh there it is original round tender whatever that is you definitely got to bring puna back but i don't think puna's playing any better necessarily i think he's taking advantage of those ops that he's getting because what we talked about with carlos the interior is just going to get better. Like, this is why they paid Jay Reed, because they figured, okay, we pair him with an edge, and we'll be straight. Problem is, they just never paired him with an edge, and he was underperforming. So I, I think that's why you're seeing Puna get in the backfield, man. It's because the edges are turning up. What should be this team's offensive identity? Keep up the great work. Uh, Russ. 
they're not gonna go back to the the run heavy thing. Like, check the advanced box score. Actually, I'll pull up the advanced box score right now. Let me see what the the actual run pass balance was for today. Because the 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 raw box score, guys, is not what does it. Because it only shows you the attempts that were actually passes. It doesn't so show you what was called in terms of like a drop back, right? Because a drop back and rush scrambles, that's still a called pass play. That doesn't mean that like uh, a run heavy team. So I think people overreacted after that Arizona game because they looked at the raw numbers. And then you go look at the actual numbers that matter. It's like, nope, nope. They were still a more pass-heavy team than you would expect. Like today, I think, uh, let's see. Damn, it is super late. Um, Russ had 38 dropbacks compared to 27 rushes that they called. And they were better on their passes than they were on their runs. That should be their identity. Give it to Russ. Figure out the rest. And if you're going to run it, make sure Chris runs through some people's faces. How many Hall of Famers do you think the Pete Carroll era will produce? Wagner, Wilson, Sherm, Earl, Cam, all candidates that come to mind, though some are closer locks than others. So I think if Bobby, if, so the guys who, if they retire today, and I don't know if Earl will ever play again, but if they retire today, Earl, Sherm, and Bobby are in. For sure. I think Russ is on pace, but he wouldn't be in if he retired like tomorrow. Um, as crazy as you guys, I think that sounds like, look at the quarterbacks you're in. Look at Russ. He's got the wins and some really other good numbers. The passer ratings, obviously, super great. Um, but like it, he's missing some championships. Um, never been first team all pro. That's usually something you need to do to get in. So he's on pace. So I think Russ will get in. Uh, I don't think Cam gets in. I think it's really hard to get in as a safety Cam also never was first team all pro. I don't even know if Cam was second team. I have to go look. That's an issue. If you were never the best at your position, that's tough. And the first team all pro is usually how you quantify that. Uh, Bobby's been at what, like five times? Something like that. I don't know if he'll be at this year, but been at enough. Earl's in, Sherm's in. Marshawn's a tricky one. I th- Oof. Ugh. Marshawn's tough. Cause, so he, how I do Hall of Fame is I say, look, if you were at one point, were you the best at your position? I don't know if I can say that with Marshawn because his prime clashes with Adrian Peterson's prime, which is like entirely unfair. But because Peterson tore his ACL, his numbers from 2011 to 2014 look similar to Adrian Peterson's from at least from a touchdown perspective. LaShawn McCoy's actually do in that run too. So Marshawn's on the fringe, and I think that's it. What's that, five? I don't think Cam gets in. Mike B, no. You really got to get all pro. You need to be all pro to usually make the Hall of Fame, I think. Obviously, there's guys who did not, but at some of these spots, like, it just is easier to project. Like, Jamal Adams is on pace, I think. Already been all pro at, like, 23 years old or something like that. He's got, what, six and a half sacks this year? He's probably going to be in the all pro conversation by the end of the year. Dude, he's balling. Uh, DK. DK holds on to the ball? On pace. Um... I think that's it, though. Am I missing somebody? I was going to throw in KJ, but he hasn't been... No, no all pros all either. Pro. It's re- That's not the end-all, be-all, but like if you guys go look at... like Go to Pro Football Reference, or people who are into this, and scroll down, pick a player, and scroll down to their Hall of Fame monitor. It actually like puts their career in perspective with guys at their spot who make the Hall of Fame. And you'll see like where their numbers have to kind of be and their impact. Like Cam would have to get in on just straight nostalgia. Like just showing the highlight tapes of him knocking folks out. And then by the time Cam's up for the Hall of Fame, they'll be like, wow, 
no one's ever played like that since him. Let's put him in. But just off the numbers and stuff, Cam wouldn't get in. Any updates on Josh Gordon being reinstated? Also, do you think the Seahawks go after Kenny Stills as insurance? Uh, no updates on Josh Gordon. PSA, you want, if there's a move on Josh Gordon, you will not have to ask. Trust me. It'll just be out there. It'll hit your phone. It'll say like, oh, the athletic. They signed Josh Gordon, reinstated, or Bleacher Report, whoever gets to push notification first. Probably ESPN. Actually, Bleacher Report, tell it fast with that. Yes. They be stealing our stuff, that's why. Anyway, um, the second question was Kenny Stills. Uh, yeah, no, I think so. I got it on good authority that they actually tried to trade for, uh, or they at least called the Texans. Hey, what up? What up? What's up with Kenny? And then I don't know how the call went, but they didn't trade for him, obviously. So I'm I'm sure they'll they'll give it another look. Because Kenny can probably choose, he'll probably going to put Seattle on a short list about, you know, teams who have a good quarterback and have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, um, who have some room in their, who have space in their receiver room. I'm trying to think of who else would even call. Um, Cleveland needs a receiver. They're eight and three, but crazy. Probably not going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, someone, someone was really frustrated during the game and they texted me and said, uh, we're the worst eight win team in the league. I said, don't forget about the Browns. <laughs> don't forget about the Browns. Uh, the Ravens need help. Um, yeah, I think they'll definitely call about Kenny. It's it really just a matter of Kenny want to come here. I think they he, they could definitely fit him in. Someone tweeted me and asked me why. Well, think about it. They made two offseason investments in receivers, right? They signed Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon. Neither one of them have played a snap, so they're they're missing. They're down a receiver in their mind. Like they drafted Freddie, so that you know that helps that he's a capable player. But in their mind, they're down one. They were after AB. Like they they want a receiver for sure. Do you hate primetime games because you need to stay up late to finish write ups and the podcast? Uh, absolutely, man. Who asked that? Uh, a Yang underscore ten. Uh, I got nothing for you on that, but uh, yes, the answer to your question is yes. What time is it, Chris? It is twelve forty-two a.m. And I have about two sentences written on the story that's already it's out now that you guys are listening to this. But think about that for a sec. It's out now, and I got two sentences ready. That's how late we gotta do this. But it's fine. It's fine. Love y'all. Love doing it. I love that I cover a team that is relevant. Um I got homies who cover teams that are not relevant. You know, shout out to the homie Charles who just got freed from the New York Daily News. He was covering the Jets. They were 0-10 or 0-11 or whatever. Like, I never want that. Seahawks are relevant. They play on primetime. People read my stuff. People listen to our show. They subscribe. I just got another raise. Like, it's good. This team looks like a different team with Carson. I think the Hawks run the table if he stays 100% healthy the rest of the way. Would you prefer they pay him this offseason or try and draft a compliment to Penny down the road? Love the pod. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Oh, love the BLM shot out there. Um, So... Here's what I'll say about the running back situation. If I'm, let me put my John Snyder hat on and pretend I'm a rich white man here for a second. So I tell Chris, hey man, love your running style. We want to keep you, but we have Penny, so we can't invest too much long term. Here's two years, 12 mil, same deal that Kareem Hunt got with the Browns, right? Because we consider that your comp. Chris is going to disagree. He consider himself a Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook type. Problem is he won't have the numbers, um, especially with he's not even going to crack a 1,000 uh, in this season. You're not going to get paid without cracking a 1,000 in this league. Um, Chris is going to say no, as he probably should. Good for him. So Chris walks. 
Right. Hopefully someone signs him and you get a comp pick. That'd be great for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, then I draft a running back. I make sure he runs through faces. Doesn't really matter where he comes from. Chance Just draft the next kid from Bama, to be honest. It's a re- Seriously, or Wisconsin. If those are the only two schools you draft running backs from, you'd have like a pro bowler every other time. So that's what I would do. I would also grab a UDFA kid. So... And then I would, if you're not going to re-sign Carlos, you bring in another vet, like his around his age type of thing, you know, like a Devontae Freeman or something, someone who's around, who's just a veteran that you can just plug in in case things get ugly. So you enter the offseason, or excuse me, you enter the training camp 2021 with Rashad Penny healthy, um, a rookie to compete, DJ Dallas in year two, uh, a couple undrafted guys to fight for the, you know, spots keep one of the practice squad you got a veteran in like Devontae Freeman or something and you still got Travis Homer for your third down guy there you go you're not even paying anybody that much was Carson on a pitch count he was explosive with the ball but wound up with only eight carries uh probably unofficially again I think Chad's just smart man Chad knows like he's 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 had too many games where Chris is on the inactive list like you got to play the long he, he says he's to the point where we have to play the long game with him you just do it's probably unfortunate for Chris's numbers and his contract, but you see how that boy was running. I tweeted it. Like, he ran like somebody said, hey, Chris, your contract in the end zone. Oh, bet. Let me run through these. Ooh, I almost cussed. Like, Let me run through these guys um, and get this money. I know I was right because I think Chris's agent retweeted me because that's how, that's how I know I was on to something. That boy, man, he's, he's running like he's trying to get paid. So he may have unofficially been been on one i don't know if they track their plays specifically like that again chad is who runs the uh the pitch counts so we gotta get a new term for that this ain't baseball <laughs> so you just call it a snap count that's that it. would make a lot of sense that would make a lot more sense yeah we gotta call it you gotta call it a snap count well we thank every single one of you out there for asking questions we Ooh, that was the last one that was it man. oh man we appreciate y'all it's a late one per usual on these prime time games we enjoy doing them though Anything else you want to add, Mike, before we shake? Caffeine in my system. That's what I want to add. No, I appreciate you guys. Hopefully, you guys check out the story that I got up uh, right now on The Athletic, man. Shout out, shout out to the guys from the uh, the Lancers uh, Brigade, man, out there uh, at JBLM. Appreciate y'all for letting me kick it with y'all. It was great. Pizza was good. The guns were big. It was a, it was a, good, it was a good time. Other than that, we will catch you guys later this week as we preview Seahawks and Giants. We out.